Hello and welcome to this Care Leaders Network Leadership Insights Conversation. I'm here today with Amanda Scott. Uh, Amanda, would you like to give yourself a, a quick introduction? Yes, I'm Amanda Scott. I'm the CEO of Forest Healthcare. Excellent. Many thanks. Um, so you're uh, a leader that I have great uh, admiration for. With uh, uh, I, I feel like I, I've had the pleasure of getting to to know you. And one of the subjects that we talk about endlessly in our in our conversations is is leadership, or at least it's directly le uh, linked to leadership. So today's been uh, a day that I've been looking forward to for uh, for a little while. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the conversation. Great stuff. Let's go. Let's do this. Right. So question number one: Are leaders born? Or are they made? I think both. Not one for sitting on the fence normally, but I think both. I think natural leaders are born. And, and you probably see that in children. Perhaps a school teacher would tell you they see that in children from an early age. The one that organises the soccer game in the playground. The one that's fair. The one that makes sure that somebody gets subbed in and subbed out. The one that makes sure that the little kid that can't play soccer so well isn't left on the sideline. That's probably the early indications of a natural leader. But I also think there's a science around leadership. So I believe that you can hone your skills of leadership and, and there's some wonderful um, literature and study that you can use to learn um, technique. Um, and then, of course, there's life. And life teaches you what went well, <laughs> what went dreadfully and not to do again. So in, in short, I think both. I, th I think that, that that would be, you know, it would be foolish to land in one camp or the other. I think you can see both that there. Got you, got you, got you. And I guess your, your point around there, uh, around life just as a, as a whole, um, the 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 uh the um the accumulation of knowledge and insight and experiences and things that that, that helps you shape your view as a, a, a as a leader that seems to be something that's been quite consistent with uh, a lot of the conversations that i've had so um link uh, a question very directly linked to this uh for, for for obvious reasons but would you say that leadership is an art or a science and why would you suggest what you've suggested I think there's a science to leadership, kind of linking back to my previous answer, um, that there's study, there's academia. Um, that's the learning. I think the art is the applying. So um, we can all read a great book. It doesn't mean we're going to go off and do what's said inside, but um, the application of leadership is the art. So, um, you know, word, the, the, the buzzword for me or the real world word that applies to leadership so often is authenticity uh, and not allowing the science and the academia of leadership to force you into a funnel that you're uncomfortable with and um, to, to, you know, have, have this artistic flair to be your real self what's and all, mistakes and all, honesty and all, because I think people resonate with that. They resonate with somebody that doesn't position themselves as perfect, that always knows the answer. Um, and, and I believe that people value that too. So I think science is in the learning and the art is in the application. So the science is learning, the art is in the application. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. And what your, um, your point around the, uh, the art side of things that being the kind of the warts and all are you kind of alluding to almost vulnerability uh in the position of being a, a leader to to really open up to the to the people around you the people effectively that you're that, that you're in the process of leading 
definitely. Um, I think it, I, I believe it's my MO um, to, to resonate with people, relate to people. I remember having dinner with somebody who I worked for, who was in a, a very senior leader leadership position. And it was really interesting because he said to me at dinner, notice how many people you'll ask to learn more about. Then notice how many people ask to learn a little bit about you. And it was really interesting to see those that did and those that didn't. And But that, that led me to a, a, a wider observation that it's really important for people to feel like you want to get to know them, value their opinion, care about them, their families, their hobbies, what makes them tick, how they work, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy. And by exploring those things, there's a deeper connection than just you work for me and I'm your leader, but a deeper resonance. And I think that 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 can't be undersold. It takes people a long way. People work for people. It's a buzz phrase. But I think that's actually really true. When you really like somebody and respect them, you're probably likely to go further and do more. And that's that's that by being real, by being authentic, you have ability. Are you suggesting that you have an ability to resonate with people on a on a on a, on a deeper level because it's it, it's fundamentally more more real, I suppose. Definitely, I could I could walk into any meeting or any home and charge out a a list of our strategy for this year, our roadmap for this quarter, and what I expect people to do and when I expect them to do it. I could look past the sea of tired, anxious-looking faces and walk out feeling like I'd done a good, good job and communicated what I needed from them. But by being able to connect with people, understand where they're at, I may not be able to aspire to the same goals I would have in the previous imaginary meeting I've just described, but I might be able to understand where people are at and set realistic goals that are going to be achieved, being realistic about where the team are and what they're able to deliver and then celebrate it and and you know that 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 evolving sense of we get things done and we've got something to celebrate is where you really start to get momentum um, and you really start to get outcomes so yes I, I I I couldn't imagine trying to apply a vision and then a strategy through a roadmap without having spent the time to really connect with the people you need and needs the operative word then, the people you need to get that done. Why wouldn't you? In, in the context of bringing people on the journey with you as well, the likelihood of their, the, the, the people involved in uh, executing upon that vision where that uh where that relationship doesn't have those kind of deep uh foundations if you were uh, if you like people are just far less likely to be to want to be part of that journey i guess that the, the if the if the if the relationship is, is is surface deep then why would people dig deep in the difficult times when things aren't being straightforward when you've got particular obstacles to, to climb i guess that the, the the nature of being able to work through those challenges with people that you're 
uh, the kind of the military analogy is like when you're in the foxhole, you want those types of the right type of people in the foxhole with you uh, type type set of circumstances. And I guess that probably almost compounds as well, because if you have that deeper relationship, you get through a tough set of circumstances together with uh, a group of other people naturally going to have an affinity with with those with those people, which bonds you, I guess, even closer together. I couldn't agree more, Simon, and I'll give you a couple of examples. At the height of the first tranche of the pandemic, we realised that the BAE, business as usual, BAU was gone <laughs> and we needed to work differently. And what we did was divide into smaller cohorts. So um, the three people that I had working with me, we took four homes and home managers each and we topped and tailed the day. So called that home manager in the morning, called the home manager at the end of the day, and were fully available to that smaller cohort of people all the way through the day for anything they needed, anything that was changing. And then we came back together at the end of the day as that team of three to share stories, experiences, knowledge, and information. What happened when we were able to move back to business as usual? So we all spoke about having a deeper connection and bond with R4, as we call them, because, because we'd gone through tough times with them. We'd had deeper conversations. We'd shared worries. We'd offered reassurance. We'd been in it together. So you've got to take something away from that. You know, if that's the connection that you make in tough times by being closer, by being available, but, but not by taking over, but and, and really thanking people and valuing their and expertise and their determination and acknowledging that surely you know that, that for me was just spoke strongly to better outcomes yeah definitely and that um it, the, the the circumstance i guess almost drew you closer closer together so yeah that makes a lot of sense um what would you say the difference between management and leadership is I think management's taking charge and applying a set of outcomes, being accountable for those outcomes um, and driving the delivery of those outcomes and all the aspects of that with the people or the service and, and the measures that you need to put in that place. Um, I think leadership is still partly the above, but it's then about motivating and influencing people, bringing people with you. So, and, and that's where you can sometimes see a stop and a start where somebody stops at management. So, you know, they can pick up a phone and go through 10 sets of key metrics and check a box as to whether those metrics were delivered or not and score a person or a function accordingly. And, and a leader will spend the time to inspire that person, explain why they're doing what they're doing and what the great outcomes could be if it's all delivered um, and, and coach that person and be with them every step along the way. That's where leadership starts and management stays under the surface, but has a very human, real face to it, a connection again. And, and at what point would you say somebody becomes a leader? I mean, again, um, if we go back to that thought of informal leadership, I think people are faced with challenges where they either step up or step away. And I've come across many informal leaders working in social care. I've come across the housekeeper in a home where the home manager left 
And if she didn't take some order to things, it was going to be chaos. So she did. And she inspired people and she reassured people that it'd get better. And she let the operating manager know that things weren't right today and asked if there was anything she could do. That, that, that informal leadership, um, that starts when somebody sees a problem and they stepped up rather than stepped away. Formal leadership, that sometimes only starts when you've got the job title and the badge. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that, that, can be, that can be very, very scary for people, I think. Um, and I wouldn't underestimate the science of leadership that we talked about earlier, you know, the, the learning of what leadership should look like. But also encouraging people, you know, from a very junior start to observe leadership around them. Um, as, a, as a very young student nurse, I'd spend time on um, Victorian um, Nightingale wards with, the, you know, the, the, the ward sister who'd been there, man and boy, as the expression goes, yell and bark. And, you know, even the consultants were afraid of her. Um, and there were two types. There were people who everybody somehow respected that authenticity. It's just the way she is, but my goodness, she runs a brilliant ward and we love being here and being part of it versus a very similar set of circumstances where that person is just feared and people feel bullied. And, you know, as a student nurse in those experiences, I'd walk away thinking, well, that was an amazing lesson. I've learned a lot. I will never be that person. I will never, never lead that way. So, um, you, you know, I, I would really encourage people to look around them. Um, and for people that are moving into a, a, an awarded, sought after leadership role, uh, role do, that, do the, the groundwork, put in the work. Um, study by reading, study by listening, There's amazing TED Talks out there, but also watch watch and, and draw from people that you admire. Mm. It's, it's interesting. I, uh, on a personal level, a, a really big part, a uh, proportion of my leadership style is derived from how I was bed, led badly when I was younger. Uh, yeah. there, was, there were some real seminal moments. I was uh, uh, probably unlucky maybe it was my fault I should have made better decisions I had a couple of really crappy bosses um uh, uh in my first uh, in my first couple of jobs won't go into the uh, to the details of it but there were things that as soon as I I held some responsibility for a team I kind of started to think to myself okay so what are the really big things that I need to make sure that I do and don't do and all of these memories of like how I'd been really really poorly led as a, a as a as a relatively young person kind of came flooding back to me and I thought to myself there's almost almost my foundation right there because if, if I look at that and see that's the negative what's the opposite of that how do you then flip that on its head and how do you think to yourself okay so if, if, if that was the thing that really uh made me feel really kind of underwhelmed or undermotivated or uh, uninspired or any of those types of things if I flip that on its head what would be the thing that I could do that could uh be the direct opposite of that um and I'll uh I'll I'll um uh, I'll, let, I'll let my team be the, uh, the the judge of whether that's yeah. playing all right for uh, for them ultimately. But it, it, I seem to remember lots of angry people kicking off and uh, uh, and generally not being very happy. That wasn't specifically about me. That was about just generally the way that things were uh, were operated. Um, and I just that where I see great leadership, a lot of that kind of more combative 
authoritarian autocratic type behavior doesn't seem that prevalent in today's in today's world but um i think you alluded to this uh, as slightly in one of the questions that you answered earlier but what what common misconceptions do people often have about both leaders and about leadership i think you can make leadership look really easy and and that's a blessing and a curse it should you know you're going to need perhaps to inspire people at the most difficult times so many leaders will probably talk about that after the last two and a half years right um but at the same time by making it look easy it can be assumed that it is easy and it's and it's not <laughs> so i think you know I, I talk about authenticity but um you know, I, I remember CEOs coming to walk around the home uh, when I was a home manager and they just looked so sharp and um, well rested and um, informal at the same time and enjoying their visit. And, you know, you kind of imagine what a great job this was when you sit at the top of this empire, you know, and you've got all these people around to do these things for you. And um, what a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> that must be. I mean, it's a good life, but it, you know, um, leaders are human too. They, they, you know, weep with frustration. They lose sleep because they can't solve the problem um, in their head that they want to solve. Uh, they regret when they lose somebody um, from their organisation that they valued, and you know, they question themselves on whether they're taking people in the right direction, and they make sacrifices and you know they give up time with their family um and i think for me one of the the toughest things that i find anyone will say when you appear as a leader to to have a charmed life is that you're lucky oh you're so lucky and and i'm sure so many leaders would say very little of it probably has to do with luck you have to step up you have to step forward you have to take risks you have to take knocks um you have to um, embrace things that haven't gone well you have to own them and be accountable for them um you know and you, you have to um uh, be able to take all of those things on your shoulders but turn and face every day you, you know leadership is a train that doesn't really stop in any station um, it, the same can be said of social care, but but that's leadership. Do, do leaders switch off on a Friday at five o'clock and not give it a second thought till they walk in on Monday? I don't know many. Um, you know, so I, I think humanising the responsibilities of leadership um, uh, 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 is important, um, particularly for somebody that's aspiring to a leadership role. But then. You have to flip that with all the the you know the, the the joy that goes with it as well. So the joyful moments when you have inspired a team, and you can see that they've gone um, gone great guns to get there and have, and you celebrate with them, or you hit a goal or a mark you know that you didn't believe you were going to hit, but you just kind of Apollo thirteen it anyway and said we could do this and you know hope hope that that you could and, and you know you've taken your team with you and they they've got there you know take those moments too but I, I'd suggest to anybody moving into a leadership check and balance all of those 
real emotions that go with the responsibility and accountability that 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 is leadership in my view uh, but then you know if that hasn't put you off you'd probably be a good, great leader <laughs> i guess there's the the uh there's the perception which is sometimes accurate and sometimes isn't but there's the perception that leaders kind of sit in their ivory tower and kind of wield authority from the from the top I guess that's kind of part of it as well and I guess in in certain sets of circumstances that that, that probably is true there's a reason why that stereotype exists um I would say that the I have the, the, the pleasure of speaking to care leaders um all year round of every different shape and shape and size the ones that kind of break down that ivory tower and become kind of one of the one of one of the team uh particularly when things get 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 tough they're probably more uh, uh appreciated probably get more val uh, uh kind of valued commitment from their team and that links back to those deeper deeper relationships as uh, as well if you're seen to be this kind of um unicorn type character that uh uh, uh is above everything else like hierarchically um and and in 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 other ways it's almost impossible for that not to then uh create an us and them type uh type environment and i guess that's i'd say in today's world maybe in years gone by that was uh maybe that was a a a thing that might be heralded from my perception my, my my own opinion on this is that 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 comes across as almost as a as, as a risk because if your if your team don't feel connected with you on on, on some level, um, and that, because they haven't had the exposure to you to be able to go and build some of those relationships and things, how are they going to feel committed to the fulfilling the purpose and achieving the vision that they, they don't feel belonging? And I guess that only comes through having those though those real connections. So again, it links back to that to that earlier earlier question. Um, what what would you say the difference is between a good leader and a great leader? So I think a good leader, so good leadership has some fundamental standards that have to exist. I think um, fair, fairness, equitable behaviour, to be knowledgeable and experienced. You know, they they kind of sit as you know, good leader. You've got to have got to have those skills I think great is is more about characteristics so I think the great leaders that I've encountered are charismatic um, definitely inclusive to your point just now um, uh, people that take time to, to connect um, and value that connection by remembering conversations and discussions that you've had um, and, and visionary, you know, somebody that, that can see where we are now and, and state a, a case of where we could be. But what it, what's the saying? A, a, a vision without plans, a dream, something like that. You know, visionary, but then can set the wheels in motion and bring people with them. I, I think that's that's great leadership when you watch that in motion um, where everybody feels like they're part of one big thing moving in the direction and people become greater than the sum of their equal parts at that point. It becomes a movement rather than individuals with the same goal. It's a movement aspiring to achieve a vision, but knowing exactly what they part part they play along the way. 
Mm. In, in that set of circumstances, uh, I remember doing workshops on uh, on this type of stuff in my consultancy world, and it would be, uh, I would always say that because what we're talking about to a certain extent is the alignment of the of the of the culture, um, having the the. So I, I always used to say that culture was um, leadership uh, facilitated, team driven, and where you've got that alignment people should be naturally gravitating towards the behaviors that would achieve the the the, the vision and it's it, it's executing upon that and it's, it's probably one of the hardest things you can possibly do as a as a, as, a, as a leader but that's almost the 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 aspiration the goal the thing to try and strive for to get that level of uh, of alignment and, and and people pulling in the in the same direction I, I agree. And, you know, I think, that, again, that comes back to authenticity and that connection with people, you know, being able to take feedback. Um, you, I, I think it's important not to stop learning as a leader. Um, perhaps it's easy to say, you know, this is the position I've reached. This is my place. Um, I've come here with experience. I'm going to apply that experience. Therefore, I am who I am. Um, and I know what I know. And my job now is to take these people with me um, rather um, I can learn so much from people along the way um, I can learn to adapt I can learn to read the room better I can learn from people on the coalface that tell me that you know you believe this is going great let me tell you it isn't it doesn't work for us at all uh, you know they're the things that I think should never stop and so I suppose what I'm moving towards saying is I don't think you can ever stop evolving as a leader and I think you have to find those golden nuggets that you can tap into those behaviors or, or those commitments to people to listening um, and uh, to gathering feedback that help you continue to evolve um, I, th I think that's probably critical especially in, in the world that we're occupying now we are we are required to evolve it feels perhaps daily <laughs> at least weekly and definitely monthly we have to evolve adapt and move forward I was going to say I really hope there aren't any uh people in leadership roles in the in the care sector that haven't noticed the ever-changing landscape of care because if you're not evolving with that then uh yeah there's, there's going to be some serious yeah. problems but it's 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 a true as truism it's a reality isn't it like I think the in the context of the ever la uh, ever changing landscape of care, the landscape has changed so much in such a such a sh short space of time, and some people deal with change really really well. Uh, I think we all resist it to a certain extent. That's probably like a uh, a something that's built into our uh, human evolution around kind of how we've been designed to something to do with um, uh, kind of survival of the fittest, that type of stuff. But some people definitely evolve, uh, faster than, faster than others. And I guess that comes back, back down to leadership as well. If you've got a team of people, some people are going to be racing ahead straight away as a uh, concepts introduced. And some of the people will need, uh, a more, um, uh, uh, kind of gentle, uh, 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 approach when it comes to bringing people on the, uh, on the journey with you as, uh, as well. But I think that, that evolution thing, I think is, is absolutely key. And you've mentioned a few, I think, really, really important characteristics for uh, when it comes to comes to leadership. What would you say the three most important characteristics of, of leaders uh, are? I, I've used it all the way through as we've been talking, Simon, authenticity. 
I think it, it, it takes people so far. You know, if you think about your personal life and the people that you warm to, it's probably because you feel a connection and they feel real to you. So that that creates something almost a click that, that, that takes you on to, you know, get to know that person or those people more and spend more time with them, um, you know, which evolves in your personal life to friendships and then on to, you know, longstanding and firm and everlasting friendships and whatever. But I think the same can be said. So um, very tempting, I think, when people are new into a leadership role to uh, consider emulating someone they admire or consider emulating the exiting person, perhaps as a, a comfort blanket. You know, this worked for them. They were admired and respected, so I'll behave the same way. They were gruff and called a spade a spade, so I will too. But if that's not authentically you, I think people can see straight through it straight away. Um, so I, I would say that authenticity, I've already used it as well, but inclusivity, um, you know, and using that to draw together the brains in the room, um, the, the, the influencers in the room, the early adopters in the room. You'll only find those people by being inclusive. Um, and in a leadership role that, you know, particularly a new leadership role, they're not necessarily going to step forward and say, you know, good afternoon, I'm business um, uh, driven. You're gonna have to go and look for that. So. To, to be determined to be inclusive and look for your talent and look for that range of people that can bring the, the best things to the to, to the, the organization um, and drive Simon you know you've got to be driven a, a strategy I don't think can't be something that's signed off by the board and pulled out once a month and you know checked off and um, fed down the line to let people know whether they hit or miss targets it's got to be more than that um, you know there's the strategy for an organization has got to be drawn from a, a vision that you truly believe in and, and you've got to be driven to inspire people to, to, to march towards those goals. And, um, you know, even when their tools feel broken and they feel exhausted um, and, and help them on the way um, and recognize when people need to rest and recoup to do it all again. You know, one of our wrap up phrases on Fridays, have a great weekend. We're going to do this all again on Monday. <laughs> And it's and it's true, you, you know, so, um, yeah, I think that that drive and um, hunger is is infectious. And if people believe you and believe your passion, then I, I think it's it can be infectious. Brilliant. Thank you. We, we've touched upon the uh, the evolution of the, the the leader. But how do you say that leadership itself is is evolving over time? I mean, I, I, I can see the change. I think about, you know, I'll go back to my student nurse days, um, you know, very young um, uh, doctors with gods, consultants were in charge of the gods, um, you know, ward sisters and matrons were scary. Uh, leadership had an essence then to it of um, admiration slash fear. <laughs> but I, I think, I think, Younger people have changed too. I, I feel a confidence, you know, um, and not an automatic natural acceptance of authority as uh, you lead, I follow, um, a willingness to question. 
and and so in that evolution of leadership I think we have to be um uh, more willing to um connect to explain why um to acknowledge people's questions um concerns um and and uh, allow people the the comfort of questioning you that there shouldn't be or it would difficult it would be difficult i think to be um uh, an authoritarian leader and get the best and but and you might believe you are but i, I question whether you would genuinely get the best out of people so collaboration and putting the people that you need to get the job done in in your inner circle of influence and and listening to them um is the way i see it evolving i feel it evolving um i don't think it's um looking into the future i think it's what i feel right now some amazing ideas come out uh, from homes, you know, visiting homes. I did the Care Workers Charity um, Five Mile Walk in Chigwell with um, uh, the team a few weeks ago. I, I think I put a post, I did put a post on LinkedIn. Um, what I learned about that team by walking and chatting, I wouldn't have learned through a visit to the home. I definitely wouldn't. Um, but But through that conversation and that comfort of, you're walking and I'm walking, let's talk. Um, people suggested um, things that they thought would work well. People talked about what didn't work so well. They talked about how they'd felt at the beginning of the, the, the pandemic, how they feel now. They talked about what drew them to come and work in social care, what came drew them to come and work at that home. You know, I, I couldn't have paid good money for that. And, I, and I'd walk five miles. I, I, I'd, uh, I was a bit fitter than I was when I started, so everyone wins. <laughs> yeah. You say that. Um, I was having a chat with Rob Martin at uh, Adanka, uh, another uh, person uh, in, a, in a leadership role in the care sector who I have great admiration for. He was, well, he and I were both talking about the, the value of getting outside with your team, going for a walk and just being that degree of disconnection from the day to day and how that impacts people's perception their comfort their um the, the the way in which they talk the the things that they talk about it's almost like we we know obviously that environment dictates performance and kind of perception and all of those types of things and it's almost an obvious thing to say oh, if you can if you can get somebody out of the kind of the normal day to day, bring them into a different environment and talk about different stuff that that would be really, really valuable. We almost undervalue that at such a level um, that it, it seems because it seems so obvious. Mm. Agree. And, um, you know, we we had uh, Care Workers Charity T-shirts on, so we were all dressed the same, um, you know, we all dressed down with trainers on. There was no business suit um you know uh tunic uh to come to work in even that breaks down barriers um you know away from the um is she auditing is she checking you know is she going to notice that i haven't done something properly we're just walking and talking so i couldn't i couldn't agree more and i intend to do more of it there's been plenty of challenges um generally in social care but over the last uh, last couple of years um what would you say the biggest challenges that you faced in your career and what have you learned specifically as a consequence? 
been so many, so <laughs> been lots of successes as well. Um, I think I'm not going to talk about um, the period of COVID because I think um, I, I, I spoke to the managers this morning. And I think we're still all processing that, to be quite honest. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm an intensive care nurse by background. Um, so, you know, some of the crisis management stuff, um, I just drew on those, you know, intensive care days where you have to have a, a, a swing plan and everybody know what they're doing. So put it, putting that aside, I think the, the biggest challenge in a leadership role for me was um, disappointing somebody by applying a corporate decision that needed to be applied but nevertheless um, changed people's lives and left people feeling hurt. So this was um, uh, us um, uh, taking some of the homes in our portfolio out of that portfolio and, and, and selling them on. Um, and, and it was an incredibly painful time to, to deliver um, and the sense of disappointment that people had particularly as you'd worked as I'd worked so hard to inspire people to come with me and then to, to have them with me and then communicate that decision and and really you know there's the expression rip the band-aid off isn't it that you know once you've communicated that decision it doesn't mean that poof you know next day the home is sold you know those people um were disappointed with me for a long time, uh, you know, and I'm almost watching people go through, you know, that that grieving, you know, anger and denial and, you know, all of those emotions and you going with them and accepting that they are allowed to feel that way. Um, but it doesn't change the outcome. Uh, that that was a really tough time, uh, a really tough time. And, and it was it wasn't the execution of the commercial process that was difficult. It was the people and, and how it how it left them feeling. And, you know, there are tough things that you have to do. Of course, there always are. Um, and, and some, you know, go really well and some not so well. Uh, you, you don't want to hurt people on the way. It, it's tough. What would you say that you learned as a, as a consequence of, of, of those tough corporate decisions? I think I learned to be accepting that sometimes the world of business, because that is the world we operate in, is tough. And you can't, you know, every day to your expression earlier, every day can't be unicorns and rainbows. And, and I think I knew that already, but, you know, I, I think I took away from it self-preservation. You have to remind yourself this will pass. You know, this, this horrible period will pass. But I also took away from it, allow people their emotions. You know, the, the hard and fast line could be, well, it's happening you know, you can be as angry as you like, but it's not going to change your decision. The decision's been made. Or you can go on that journey with those people and the emotions that they go through and hopefully leave the process and those people behind them knowing that at least you cared that it affected them. And it wasn't just a over the shoulder job done. 
I'm moving on now. I think I learned that, you know, and, and, and maybe that also comes back to authenticity. You know, just sh- sh- showing that you care. I guess having those tough conversations, it probably makes it more difficult on some level. Um, but if you're being really clear and really honest with people, then they will appreciate that you're if they see you as being a real person to start off with, if you're having a real conversation with them, even if they don't like the message, then uh, the lasting they can be annoyed at the situation, but maybe yeah. they'll be a little bit less annoyed at you, which hopefully that's a set of circumstances. Obviously, there's no way of kind of determining that. But um yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a really, really important point. So which leaders inspire you most personally? I really like Jacinda Arden. I, I, she, she's kind of, I think she came to the forefront during the pandemic um, uh, and her handling of uh, her country. But having noticed her at that time because she came uh, became more apparent through her leadership during that time I've read more about her and and I just really enjoy her philosophy on leadership I, I, I you know I love the fact I think one of the things she says is you don't need to be the loudest person in the room as a, a leader you need to be a bridge um, that that brings the, the the voices together to a, a common conclusion or a consensus, and and you know, I don't know necessarily that that I learned from that statement, but I agreed with it, and I really liked it. And sometimes, you know, particularly with that um, statement that she made, it kind of gives you permission. Like you don't, you know, I, you don't. That's not my style to be the loudest, to, you know, to bang the hand on the desk and tell people they just will or else never be my style. But when somebody validates that, that's incredibly successful and has such a huge, tough job, then it's validating. Um, so I really, I really admire her. Um, and and I you think, you know, the other thing she talks about is the ability to be kind and, um, you know, you don't have to be tough as, as nails to, to be a leader. It's okay to be kind and to have emotions that, you know, that that doesn't weaken you as a leader. That really resonated with me too. And, and you know, and, and she's been so inspirational, I hope, for younger um, people, you know, as a, as a leader. Um, I think one evening she gave an interview and she was giving the baby a bottle. It was bath time, you know, authenticity. She is a mum. The baby doesn't have to be tucked away somewhere. Uh, pretend, you know, business suited up. She was at home. She was doing her family thing. Um, and so for her, why not? Let let the country see her as she truly is. I, I, I really like her. I really admire her. You, interesting there, the fact that you said that it didn't, uh, what she, one of her statements didn't um, tell you anything that you didn't know, but it's almost like, knowing that she holds that same perspective as you almost gives you permission to do that and maybe like there's probably something in that around like in the context of people being their true authentic self maybe there's something that's holding them back from being their true authentic self because they think for whatever maybe limiting belief that maybe that's not a characteristic that's going to get me where I want to be or anything like that knowing that somebody's in a in a leadership role of uh, uh, of such great magnitude and, and and seeing how that 
plays out for for for, for people uh, that she's effectively responsible for. That, that there's a real kind of powerful message in there uh, about encouraging people to to be themselves and giving them that that um permission seems like the wrong word but it seems like the nearest word to what i can think of permission almost makes it sound like you need to have permission um but it's almost like encouragement it's like a catalyst for you be you and if you can see other people using those types of characteristics then all the more reason why you should be thinking to yourself right okay well if it's working for them i can if that's me i can make that work for me and ultimately for the people that you're responsible for as well yeah, it's validating, isn't it? So um, how many moments have we had where somebody makes a statement and you kind of go, yes, that's, that's you said it, you know, you've just said it. <laughs> it's that that sometimes it, it resonates. Yeah. And you get energy from that as well, don't you? It's a, it's a safe, it resonates with you it's a it's a it's a positive upwards energy that you can use to inspire you for again it's a catalyst for driving your own kind of positive behaviors and things like that so it, it, it sounds like you've had uh all, all sorts of great leadership influences over the uh, over the years for some good some bad what would you say the the best piece of leadership advice is that you've ever been given gosh that's a good one um probably um probably because I've had so much good advice and I have met some really amazing leaders along the way it's hard to extract one particular um piece of advice but I remember um a a leader that I worked with he had this picture on the wall in his office and I asked him whether it was a cocktail glass and he he said no it's a funnel Amanda but uh, I know a little bit more about you now so um, that was the first thing. But what he described was like, take a bunch of marbles in your hands and throw them into the top of that funnel. What happens? They clog the top, nothing happens. Drop them in one by one or two by two. What happens? They all pull through. And, and that was his kind of analogy about um, measuring what you want to do and where you want to get to. You, you know, both actions, what you want is for the marbles to pull at the bottom of the funnel. But one will have the opposite effect and the other will get you exactly where you want to. The other is perceived as being slower, but it'll get you there. The first is perceived as being job done. There you go. In it is. Got you nowhere. And, and so, you know, think about what you need to get done, who you need to get it done and how you make sure that things pull through in totality before you move on, rather than just throwing everything at the wall and hoping something sticks. And, you know, that that inspired me to always think about those top three um, leadership goals uh, or, or organisational goals that we have and making sure that we're rigorous in describing them um explaining them uh, and explaining people's responsibility to deliver it to them or support the delivery of them um measuring them and then making sure that we are thankful to people who have made those goals come to fruition and celebrating success um so great great piece of advice I, I i just remember that conversation so vividly in that little picture of a funnel with circles in it i thought it was a a, a champagne cocktail <laughs> <laughs> wishful thinking 
both of which are fantastic in their own. own <laughs> you know, they, they have different uh, different um, uh, value in different sets of circumstances. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think a, 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 a really useful kind of mental model um, uh, uh, for that particular particular insight. So last question. You're standing at a lectern in front of a room of aspiring leaders and you have one minute to inspire them. What do you say? Okay, here we go. I'm going to say I'm you and you are me because we all intend to have a vision of what the future is going to look like, but we're all going to turn that vision into reality. We're all going to learn from the past and use it to succeed in the future. We're going to value highly the people who are going to help us get there. We're going to be collaborative and inclusive and welcome people's thoughts and ideas. We will lead as we want others to follow with humility, thanks and determination. And we will always recognise people's efforts. When we celebrate the success, we celebrate with everybody um, who've helped us do all of the above. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Amanda, a pleasure as always. Uh, I've, I think we talked about having this conversation um, uh, for, uh, for, for quite a while. So I feel really, really privileged that we've had the opportunity to uh, to sit down, albeit digitally, to be able to, to break down your, your leadership insight. So thank you for, very much for being so, so authentic, so honest, so open uh, and so generous with your, uh, with your experiences and your insights. It's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Always good to step off the wheel, Simon, and talk about these things. So I um, really enjoyed it and hope that, you know, people are aspiring to leadership. They get something out of uh, these talks that you do with uh, people across the sector. Um, the pleasure is all mine. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. Well, um, hopefully uh, uh, we'll have an opportunity to, to talk more in the uh, in the future. But for today, it's uh, it's been great. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Take care, Simon.